Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you to the top of the hour. Got a packed show. We're going to get right into it. We welcome Randy Rocky Swan Financial, who's going out fishing shortly, but on a Sunday morning, that's a nice thing for him to do. But he's joining us first. You can reach Randy over at Swan at 6450736. Also, Lee. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow. Escrow, they do a great job. Do a great job closing, but they also have these great cookies at the closing. <laughs> so just so you know. Uh 6497964. It's her direct cell phone number. My son Greg, who does our photography and marketing and so much more. Howdy, howdy. With us. Hey there. And if you want to see, Randy is dressed to the nines. If you want to see what he looks like, uh, we do a recording on this on our COVID show. So we take your questions via email. Uh, send me an email, bob at com, and say question and then put the question in there. But you can see this show rebroadcast, louisvilleanswers.com. That's louisvilleanswers.com. And just so you know, a little later on, three ways, actually more than three ways to help you or relatives or friends get the home of your dream in today's wild multi-offer home buying market. It's crazy out there, isn't it? Uh-huh. Just better amazing. Chance really crazy. In some places. What's that, Greg? Uh, it be- is. Better yeah. chance buying a lottery ticket in some, some cases. Uh, I'll tell you, listen. <laughs> so listen to what's going on. Uh, just as an example, I think this will hopefully set the stage for giving folks who are listening to us. I mean, we're constantly looking for homes to put on the market. Uh, we just uh, have the one down in uh, Old Louisville that's on the market. Uh, the, it's going crazy. Um, in another case, a home checked off every box on Linda's list. And Brandy paid, paid te- special attention to this. It had a, This home had a large fenced-in yard, another city, mind you, uh, modern appliances, updated kitchen, man cave for her husband, beam ceilings. Anyway, everything that she wanted in a house, this house in the Nashville area had. It was listed at $405,000. Linda, who asked that her real name not be used, beat out a dozen other prospective buyers in a bidding war by offering $445,000 and waiving all contingencies. That includes inspections. I don't know if it includes appraisals or not, but that's common these days. Unfortunately, the appraisal put the house's the house value at roughly 50000 below what she paid. Does this sound familiar, Randy? And this is happening uh, yes. all over. It so, is very, very yeah. familiar. Um, and, and again, if someone doesn't have the cash, then you're in a situation where they have to negotiate with the seller. And it, it can get really difficult to deal with. Well, listen to this. Linda had a sizable down payment, but still needed to find a way to close that appraisal gap. To many of our listeners right now, they're going, oh, this just happened to me, or I know somebody that this happened to. They they bid on this house. The bid went well over list and well over what it was appraised for. So here's what Linda did. She received help from family members and was able, so they got, they gave her money and they were able to take out a loan against her 401k to make up the difference. So she didn't care that she was paying over 50,000. She really wanted that house. And a lot of people do. They want the house. So the, this starts us off with what are the problems if you pay more for a house 
than it's worth. So I'll give you an example. We put a home on the market a couple of weeks ago, $775,000. First day, I think it was 12, off, 12 showings, four offers. And I mentioned that this last week, someone who had just seen it two hours after we put it on the market fell in love with the house thanks to Greg's pictures and his uh, photography, which was spectacular, as he does on all of the listings. And they put an offer in, but they put a lower offer in than it was listed for. In the meantime, three other people came in and put it up 30000 or so over what it was listed for. So it it. It's unbelievable what's going on. I'm hearing myself back, guys. So whoever is on speaker, Greg, check your audio. You may want to put a headset on. What's amazing is how these bidding wars are bringing homes over appraisal price. Randy, is there anything that you can suggest to anybody other than having cash on hand to be able to purchase a house if you're over appraised value? Well, the only other thing is, is obviously have the real estate agent talk to the, uh, uh, you know, to the, uh, the buyer agent, the listing and the buyer agent, but you know, it, it's, it's a tough spot. And Bob, I think, you know, that it's with inventory where it's at, it's even hard to get, you know, help with uh, escrows and closing costs right now. I mean, it's, it's a, it's good and bad. It's a double-edged sword, but I, I mean, I don't want to put glim and doom because there's a lot of great things happen in the real estate market. But uh, as far as inflated pricing right now with inflation going up, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot happening that's that's causing these prices to drive up. Yeah, there's a lack of homes. Uh, interest rates are popping up, which has got people jumping off the fences and attempting to get where they can get into a house before they end up paying more in the way of a mortgage payment and higher prices since home prices are are going up. All right, let's move on. Uh, Lee, let's start with you on a. Um, on a legal level, uh, this is from Jaden. He writes in on our email. He says, I'm buying my very first house and in the process of preparing to move out of my apartment. This past Friday, his agent called and told him that the seller's new home, not ready. I guess the builder's running behind. The seller is refusing to move out until it's ready. And that's not what they agreed upon. Any suggestions, Lee? on what Jaden should do since he's got to move out of his apartment. They have a reasonable time uh, after the established closing date to close. So the seller has a little bit of time, but at some point the seller is going to be in breach of that contract and will, you know, at that point, the buyer potentially could, let's say they have to rent their apartment for another month or they have to get their moving van a second time or whatever their expenses might be. At some point, if the seller is not following the terms of the contract, then the buyers could have some kind of uh, legal recourse. If this is in Louisville, anything up to $2,500, they can claim in small claims court, which is actually pretty inexpensive and pretty quick to do. Meanwhile, the, the buyer is having a terrible experience with what's going on with the purchase of the house. Maybe have a discussion. I don't know if that's going to do any good. The, the seller should conceivably think about moving into temporary housing. Is that what you would suggest yeah. as well? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're getting towards reaching the contract. It's the closing date too far because they agreed to that date and they don't really have a valid reason not to not to. Uh, slight slight curveball. What if it's a builder that's building and they're at the very end and there's some dominoes and, and the buyers are saying, hey, we want to hurry up and close. And the builder's saying, I can, I can. I'm trying to get these last things and they can't come up on that final price agreement or whatever the case may be. Is the builder 
at fault? Is there a reasonable trigger where they would have to say, okay, they're in breach of contract based off of they're just not wanting to close? I mean, obviously the builders want to close. They want to get it off their hands with the buyers are trying to find some, if the buyers are trying to find some type of recourse. I mean, you know, they have a reasonable time again, you know, so there's, that's built into the contract. So if it goes, you know, six months, that's obviously not going to be reasonable. But if it's just a, a couple of weeks or so and they need to get things finished, I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, that, that the punch list or, or, or minor things need to get done based upon subcontractors and, and you know, getting people out there to, to get everything finished. The, the best advice would be everybody to be flexible, but I know in some cases that just can't happen. Unfortunately, Bye. we move forward here. Uh, Randy, this is coming to you. So if you get a moment, jot back on here. James has a, a problem with the mortgage company that James chose when he started mm -hmm. buying his home. This is not Swan, mind you. Originally, they told James he was qualified to purchase the home. Now, after he's given them some documents, now they're saying that he's no longer qualified. And he's already put out money for the inspection. So, Lee, I'm going to come to you on this in a moment to talk about recourse, but let's talk about why this happens, Randy. What's going on with these mortgage companies that they would give a pre-approval, but then later on, they're basically backing out and saying, no, sorry, we're no longer able to give you a loan. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Bob. We, we, uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, refinances in the market, and that creates a lot of inexperienced loan officers. Well, now, as that starts drying up, there's still plenty of it out there. Now they're trying to get in the purchase game. And, and, and I really mean this, just a lot of them don't really know what they're doing. And it's, it's becoming more commonplace. I just had a meeting uh, uh, on Wednesday about this, and, and they, they, they were talking about this in Nashville. I was in, mm -hmm. and saying it's really bad right now, is the, these pre-approvals. And I think a lot of it, is a lack of experience uh, on the loan officer's part or, uh, or just flat out not wanting to uh, do their due diligence. And, and that is a problem. We saw this as a really big problem with a couple of internet companies. I'll tell you what's happened is, yeah. is really sincerely is, 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 is that the volume went up over 200% in a matter of months. I oh. mean like three months. So they're just trying to, they're, you know, they're anybody with, I sincerely mean this with a pulse they're putting in there to do mortgages right now, just to get to try to try to handle the volume. And it's, it's creating a lot of problems on the purchase side. And our company really has emphasized purchases. Now we do refinances, but we still stayed in that game, as you well know. In fact, we're doing a lot of things to even make it better for you guys. And, and that's something that we're going to continue to concentrate on when a lot of people are going the other direction and really concentrating on refinances. No, I agree with you on that, but let's look at recourse. And I don't know that we've had this question before, Lee, is there anything that a buyer can do like James who says, Hey, I've already spent money for an inspection. Now they're saying the mortgage company saying I'm not qualified. Can they come back at that person? I think they could try that, but I've never heard of a, of a, a, a buyer, a borrower, getting their inspection feedback from a mortgage company because of a pre-approval letter. I mean, I guess if they could show some kind of gross negligence, you know, but what the lenders may say is, well, you know, something's changed or, you know, we didn't have all the information we needed or whatever. I've never heard of that actually happening. So it might be throwing good money after bad, you know, it might be something they're going to eat. Like, yeah. I, I know that's not yeah. what they want to hear, but, you know, if you're talking about four or $500 to chase that down, 
you know, it's going to cost you a lot of time and a lot of headache and a lot of money. So what I hear you saying so is just accept it and move on. That's probably the best thing. You know, yeah. and it's a hard knock, you know. I'm sorry if we're getting feedback, folks, because we are getting a little bit. Remember, we're doing these COVID shows, which means we're doing these from our offices, homes. We're using Zoom, recording it. If you want to see a replay of this, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com, which is uh, where we house all of our shows. And if you want to hear what and see what people are saying about us, you can head to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. Or you can read about us with our reviews at LouisvilleZillow.com. We're going to take more of your uh, emails and also take a look at some tips to helping you, your friends, loved ones, win the house that you are in love with, your next home. That's going to come up in just a couple of moments when we come back. With us here in the studio, well, on their phones or computers, wherever it might be. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 645-0736. Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, 649-7964. My son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more. And you can reach me because we're constantly looking for homes to list and sell. And we're here to help buyers. We've got a whole team of agents who are ready to help you. You can reach me at 376-5483. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. This is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632-2277. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Sokoler. Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. 
News Radio 840 WHAS, the Louisville Real Estate Show, with you till the top of the hour. We're continuing our show, talking with Randy Rocky Swan Financial, 6450736. Also, here, Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow at 6497964. Not only do they do great closings over at Limestone, but they have those great cookies that they share with all of the people who are there. My son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more, and me, Bob Sekoler, you can reach me anytime at 3765483. And our thanks to Barbara Corcoran, who does such a great job with Shark Tank and as a mentor, and we appreciate her friendship. So we're looking for ways to help you as a buyer or friends that you know looking as a buyer who are losing out on offers because that is a problem. So let's start with those who are selling not wanting to put their home on the market until they find their next house. The problem is, typically, you're going to find that there's a problem because when you find the right house, you put yours on the market, but the house that you love to buy has sold. Or you offer um, a home with a contingency for the closing and sale of your home, and it still is bought out from underneath you. So consider what we're telling a lot of folks is a reverse contingency. And that's basically where we put your house on the market, we take an offer, but we counter back and say this offer is contingent on a seller finding their next home. And so when you find that next home, you release the contingency and you're able to move forward and the buyer gets your home. A little more complicated than that. That's just the kind of the tip of the nut. Of the, nut yeah, the, the best thing you yeah. can do, honestly, is is find temporary housing. Have a place to go. Have a plan. Because uh, once you start, and, and the reverse contingency is a great tool if you don't have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do, by all means, preparing yourself for having to make a move quickly because this market is moving just as fast, if not faster than quickly, uh, you should be prepared to do so. And having a reverse contingency is great, but it creates more uh, lockups and boundaries that can fall apart down the road. So certainly temporary housing is the key thing right now. We're telling people. That's actually tip number three, but I'll take it ah, as tip number I t- two. I like that. It's, 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 yeah. it's creeping up the Not list. Not a problem. Something else that, and Randy, I know that you don't do this. We're watching Randy going out and fishing right now. And so when I called on him to talk, he has to grab his phone and unmute himself. Well, he's trying to re-duplicate <clears throat> maybe what he did last time when he caught a fish live fish on the- In the on boat, the- yeah, a couple <laughs> of months ago. <laughs> So, Randy, bridge loans, Swan's not into doing bridge loans at this point. Am I correct? Well, yeah, and, and, and I understand that you, you sent something out there kind of coming back a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, they kind of almost like they – I didn't say they go to the sunset, but is, so is that becoming popular again? Well, bridge loan helps your you as a buyer fund the next home right. buy – being able to borrow uh-huh. equity against your existing home if you've got equity in it. And many of us, the homes have been appreciating so much. And it's a temporary loan, but it is coming back after some sellers who are juggling offers for their home may be more likely to bypass offers that are contingent on the sale of a current house. Having a bridge loan in place, which means basically you're paying in part cash and in part by uh, a mortgage, will help you get that loan quicker. That's probably a, bi- a big key element, by the way, we're watching and listening to Randy with his uh, fishing equipment. All right. Oh, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> no, just let it. It's a joy to watch you out there enjoying the world. And if you want to see this, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com, by the way. So those are some tips that we find. Well, we've got a number of things. If you were with us from our last show last week, 
which uh, Kim Spratt, one of our agents, was on talking about some of the things that she did and that we train our agents to creatively work to be able to get an offer accepted. I'll tell you, uh, Greg's wife, Casey, uh, did this uh, about three or four weeks ago and did a great job and got her yeah, offer. When you were going to run down the list and you said, how can buyers best prepare? I was like, just call my wife because she's, she's, call she's Casey, right. she got a lot of offers. All right, so let's move forward. And, and guess, Lee, the biggest concern that we have for all of our clients is uh, a seller backing out, which we see on a regular basis because they can't find their next house. Lisa's case, Lisa's having a problem with the house she just sold. On the disclosure, she wrote that an old roof leaked and it was repaired last year. So that was disclosed. Then they, she sold her house three months ago. And now the buyer is saying there's a leak. This is three months after the buyer took possession, threatening a lawsuit against Lisa, saying I misrepresented the problem with the roof, that it was a much worse problem, and that Lisa should make up the difference of the new roof that she's gonna, the buyer's gonna have to put on the house. Thoughts about that? Where do you, and you're on mute, by the way, so just unmute. What are your thoughts in terms of how to handle that from Lisa as a seller who's moved on perspective with a buyer claiming that she didn't disclose properly? Well, I can tell you that um, in Louisville, uh, most of these cases under the contract will go to mediation and then arbitration if they're over $2,500. And I'm a mediator and I've been doing that for about 11 years and 99% of those cases are property condition where a buyer moves in and they find something later that they say that the seller knew of or didn't disclose. That's a very common claim, but it's also very difficult to prove and it's especially difficult the more months that go by because if three months have gone by, it's certainly rained or there's certainly been, you know, other issues in the last three months and if it's just starting to leak a leak the buyer probably doesn't believe it but a leak starts at some point and so if it was disclosed what she did and of course the buyer hopefully had a home inspection right. they didn't find that then it's perfectly reasonable to assume that that leak just started which happens all the time in roots so basically if the buyer can't provide some kind of expert opinion that this was covered up or that this was you know a misrepresentation that I, you know, it's very hard for them to prove that kind of case. But it's still an aggravation to a seller who's moved on to the next house and gets contacted claiming that uh, the buyer saying, Hey, you didn't do this. And it could be something other than a roof. It could be cracked in the cracks in the uh, foundation, whatever it might be, which is why it's important to have an inspection to make sure the inspector is looking through it because if the inspector makes a mistake and misses something, they've got insurance that will help cover the cost of having those things done if they've done, in fact, uh, made a mistake on that uh, inspection. We move on. Randy, let me have you unmute yourself. We're watching him on the video up looking at the sky right now. Randy, if you can hear me. So here's the deal. We got an uh, email from Randall and Randall's mortgage on his house is at 7%. He's hearing interest rates are going up. I know. Is it too late for him? Has he missed the boat on refinancing, especially if he's at 7%? That's, that's pretty bad. He hasn't checked on it in years, he says. Uh, Great question. $11 trillion in loans in the country and 70% of them have still not been refinanced and could take advantage of the refinance rates right now. So, so we're still at about yes. three and a I mean, half. Get, 
Three and a half or below, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, NMLS number 26362. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can do that. Uh, uh, in, uh, in the mid, mid to low threes. Absolutely. And some situations in the high twos to mid twos. Yeah. So note that that is a, a real problem for a lot of people. You said 70% of people are still having that problem. Holy, that's 70% of the people can take advantage of a refinance and have not done it yet. 70%. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Yes, it is a, a staggering number. Arnold's been renting out his home uh, for the past four years. Randy, you can, can mute yourself. Lee, you can unmute. He's been renting out his home for the past four years. He says he's tired of, of trying to find a renter, which I'm kind of shocked at him. And so he wants to sell the house. The problem is the last renter left. Uh, no wonder he hasn't been able to rent it. The last renter left the house a disaster. And the security deposit won't cover the repairs of the walls, flooring, a variety of other things. Does does he have any legal action against the formal renter if he could find him, I guess, right? Absolutely, yes. Uh, the security deposit covers what, you know, the amount up to the security deposit, but that's not the limit of the tenant's liability. If the tenant has put, put down $1,000 and they cost $10,000 for the damages, then they still owe that 9000 However, we're talking about legalities versus practicalities. And legally speaking, he has a claim. Uh, practically speaking, does this person have the means? If he went after this tenant mm-hmm. and he got a judgment, does this mm-hmm. tenant have $9,000 to go after? Uh, does the tenant have a job? Does the tenant own any property? Probably not. So a lot of those, you, could, you can get the judgment and put a lien on there. And then in the future, if that tenant ever wants to buy a house, and that lien is in the is in the chain of title, then they would have to pay it off in order to you know get a, get a mortgage. So that's one way to do it if you want to spend the you know the cost and the court cost to to, to go that route. But again, in some cases, finding the again, renter is going to be difficult, finding- right? Sure. I mean, there's ways to find people now with the internet and things like that. But yeah, you don't know where they are. You're going to have to do a little bit of uh, sleuthing. You know. Yep, I got it. All right, you can, right, hire, a, to, you can hire an investigator. Hire an investigator, a PI, to track down that person. All right, so uh, Randy, last question here. Unmute yourself if you don't mind. Mason is asking, how much of a problem does Mason face if the home they're buying is in a flood zone and they have to pay twelve hundred dollars a year in flood insurance? He, he, Mason's saying he did not know about the it's problem. Not a problem. Uh, not a problem. Okay. It's, it's not, as long as their debt to income is uh, good and all the above, but a lot of times there's a reason why those houses are cheaper. And flood insurance just went up uh, dramatically in the last three months. So you, that's unpredictable where that is going to be at in the future. So, you know, I'm not discouraging people to do buy places where there's flood, you know, where you have to have flood insurance, it's, but just be cautious. Because that counts how against the it's a part of the monthly payment, which could ruin uh, their monthly debt to income ratio. Am I right about that? That's correct. Just like uh, it's you no know, like a homeowners association on a condo, Bob. Uh, you know, very similar in that scenario. And also, you know, that's kind of money going out the window, so to speak. So when they resell a house, you know, somebody's going to look at that. You know, hey, I'm spending twelve hundred dollars and pay, basically throwing it in the lake I'm fishing in. You know, and, and, and uh, uh, that, 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 you know, they just need to take all those factors in consideration before they make an offer on the home. 
Got it. Got it. And as we wrap up, Greg, how many homes uh, have we put on the market in the past couple of weeks? Man. That, that, I mean, you've I, shot pictures I'm of stare, I've just stared in the barrel. I've done 12 in five days. So I, That's I, fantastic. I, they, those, are, yeah. those get spaced out throughout the week. But I, I had 12 <laughs> pop up in the course of, of five, five business days that I got rocking and rolling. And I will tell you, folks, if you just to give you some inside uh, information. So normally around this time of year, we've, we're between three thousand and four thousand homes on the uh, market. Uh, we're hovering at uh, eleven hundred or so, uh, twelve hundred, and that is creating a bidding war unlike anything we've ever seen. And so, if you're like a lot of the sellers that I talk to. The big concern is where are you going to move? Well, we've talked about that on this show. The reverse contingency is is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, the, of those yeah. of those ones that we listed, I think nine of them went day under, one on under the contract. Yeah, one. It's ridiculous. So there's a, a variety of things, but if you know of or you have something that you're thinking of selling, now's the time to do it. A lot of agents will say, wait until. Uh, the May and June, but by that time, many more homes will be on the market. And at that point, you're part of a larger group, which will give you options to buy, but selling, you may not get as much money as you possibly could. We are out of time. I am thankful and grateful for our folks here with us uh, for the past half hour. Among them, Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow at 649-7964. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 6450736. And my son, Gregor, does our marketing, photography, and so much more. And you can reach me anytime, Bob Sekoler, 376-5483. We are out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS. <laughs>